All right, this is officially uh, 2.38 p.m. on March 9th, 2021. Um, this is the MoFo Podcast. I'm your host, Moise Batiste, where we sit, talk, and connect with uh, uh, people that uh, uh, we respect, love, admire, have learned from. Um, I try to, again, sharing special people with the world who I believe have a story, who are their own unique uh, 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 characters in this world and I believe have a purpose and uh, you know we t- I, like I said the goal is to give people their flowers while they're still here and this is no exception um, uh, my next guest I'm about to come up with some real cool uh, obscure uh, uh, stats for you I'm gonna say it nobody's gonna disagree that um, this is probably the largest human being to ever grace the RMU jersey, Robert Morris uh, University football jersey. The, uh, uh, um, the right side of the offensive line for two national championship teams. This man is responsible for more people deciding to quit the sport of football just on site than any other person to ever wear the uniform. Uh, uh, his reputation as far as one, a team uh, player favorite is unmatched. Ladies and gentlemen, my brother, Scott Koncheck. What's going on with you, brother? Oh, uh, not much, Mo. What's up, y'all? Hey, man. I, um, this has been cool. Uh, the fact that I got your new number just a couple hours ago and, and, and now we're doing this interview is cool as hell. And uh, I thank you for coming on and um, something else that I uh, uh, do is 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 say a, uh, the, what I remember the first time I met you, the first time I can remember meeting you, and why I appreciate you. But let me start the first time I think I met you. Actually, what I'm going to do is share what other people have said about you as far as, uh, there, there, let me see, Matt Grayson told me to tell you what's up, by the way. Uh, uh, he tells a story about meeting you uh, for the first time, actually seeing you at a distance at football camp y'all freshman year. And his family told him he had no way in hell he's going to get on the field, nor, uh, <laughs> nor was he making the right decision to play college football. Uh, let me try to think somebody else. That, there's been several people your freshman year that said just the look at you, uh, the look of you made them question. And I did share with you about uh, a recruit in, in 2001, actually, that. His family saw you in a weight room and they turned their backs and told him he is not playing football. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but also why I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you because in the conversations that we, we the few that we have had, they've been meaningful, they've been thought provoking. Uh, um, and I just remember uh, uh, just, you know, your vibe walking on campus, uh, whether it's you driving that SUV, bumping common that summer, in 2000 playing, uh, 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 what was that song? There are times when Yeah, you you played that song so many times that year. And I just, everybody just knew when you was driving up, yo, they go con check. (laughs) That was was it though, man. It was, man. You had that thing on repeat. That song was so dope and, uh, yeah, you made me appreciate that song, man. But, uh, It it was that. It was that in the roots, man. That John were there, Kabadu. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> you, yeah, man. I, I also appreciated your love for music, man. And 
you know, you had a good taste in, in, in music, man, and you made sure everybody heard what you were playing. <laughs> so we appreciate that. Yeah, brother, man. So how you feeling, brother, man? Or how have you dealt with COVID? How's the family? Um, you know, I've been doing all right. We actually just had, uh, both my boys had COVID last week. And, uh, but, you know, it, it is what it is, you know. It, they hit the old quarantine thing and I didn't get it. So, I mean, I might have got it, but if I got it, it ain't do nothing. So, right. It's all good. Yeah, man. So uh, let's go ahead and dive right in, man. So I'm, I'm just, I've heard, you know, several people like Cliff, uh, I'm trying to think of Walkhouse, some people that talked about not being able to make weight for Little League uh, football early on in life. And as a person, no, first of all, at your, at, I just want people, because when I tell people that you are the largest human being to grace the Robert Morris uh, jersey. I just want them to get an idea of your measurements. So, and, and for those who are listening, in football, measurables are obviously important. They're not the, the ultimate determining factor, but they are extremely, extremely important. You have those who are underneath the ideal. You have those who are average. And then there's a whole nother level that exceeds the norm. And Scott Koncheck was one of those. And that's why he was so able to solidify that right side of that offensive line for four years. He ain't let too many people buy it. That, that was like a human uh, a wall over there. So nobody can get by. So what was your measurements at your at your peak? At the, my biggest, I was 6'9", 360 pounds. 6'9", <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, 360 pounds. Do you by chance know what your wingspan was? Uh, I don't. I don't. I want to say it was like 78 inches. That which is impressive because I think John Jones, the MMA guy, is 77. So you, this will give you an idea of him at 6'3", what his wingspan is like. So you at 78 inches. That's, I mean, again, you were a wall on that right side. That left check did not have to worry about you know, uh, looking over his right uh, towards the right side. Uh, but wow, absolutely amazing. So let's go ahead and talk about a uh, little league sport. When were you introduced to, uh, well, no, back up, man. Tell me where you from. And you said you grew up in which part of PA again? Coatesville, Pennsylvania. Okay. Now describe where that is and how was it growing up there? <clears throat> it's, uh, Coatesville, Pennsylvania. You know where King of Prussia is? Yes, outside of Philly. Yes, sir. Yeah, so Coatesville is probably another half an hour uh, west of King of Prussia. Okay. So it's it, it's a small kind of a depressed steel town. It's uh, it, it, it's it's kind of a city type, but where. I grew up a little bit more suburb than of that city, but the school was right in the city. You know who uh, Rip Hamilton is? That's right. Rip is from. I went to I went to high school with him. Oh, okay. So it's the same high school that Rip Hamilton went to. Got you. Got so you. If that, if that helps connect the dots of where I went to school at. 
It does, because I remember when I was living in Philly in, um, shoot, 2000, no, I was in Philly working at Glen Mill Schools in uh, right outside of Philly uh, from 98 to 2000. I remember hearing, the first time hearing about your town was because of Rip um, and hearing what he was doing out on the court and ended up going to UConn, correct? Yeah, yeah. He he uh ripped ended up at UConn. Is that that's right? Okay. Cool, cool. Yeah. Right. So okay, yeah. cool. So how was it growing up there? What kind of town? Like what how would you describe the town? Um, I mean it was cool. It was cool. I mean it, it, the town was uh I mean it was a diverse town. I mean we had I mean everybody from all walks of life. Like I said, there was I mean suburbs of the town. The town was a little depressed because the steel mill that was there was I mean it was like, you know, only part of it was running. That was the main part of where all the jobs were from. So a lot of the jobs were out, um, but there was a lot of, I mean, it's a, I mean, a, the people from all walks of life were from, you know, that lived in Coatesville. Um, but, and then you had, like I said, King of Prussia wasn't far from there. Philly was only a 45 minute drive really from, Coatesville, you know, so we would jet down to Philly, head down to South Street and all that kind of stuff, you know, whenever we wanted to get the hell out of Coatesville and go hit some cultural shit down in Philly, you know, so I mean, there was a lot of stuff that we would get out and do when we wanted to get out and do some stuff, but um, I mean, the town was cool. I mean, it was a big sports school that we went to. I mean, football was huge. Um, basketball was equally as huge, um, if not bigger at times, depending on the year. You know, like I said, I mean, we had, you know, I mean, hell, we had a riff that was, I mean, we, and we played Kobe in the damn playoffs that year. Oh, that's right. You know, that's right. You know, so, I mean, we had, you know, there was talk that year with Riff and Kobe both going to the NBA at a high school. So, I mean, it was nuts. So, man, you bringing back some memories, dude. Because, and what year around, what year was this you talking about? That was. That was 98, or that was 96 when they were seniors. And uh, I graduated in 98. Um, so I was a sophomore when they were seniors. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, man, you bringing back memories, man, because I, I vaguely remember, you know, hearing about Kobe and I had just moved, graduated from Robert Morris, got my first job. Uh, uh, right outside of Philly, like I said, at Glen Mills Schools, and I, I, I was hearing that rumbling about... You, you worked at Glen Mills? I worked at Glen Mills for two years, we, man. We played we play Glen Mills in high school. Oh, wow. How did y'all... How, how was that? I, I mean, that was all right. They, they, they were some tough sons of bitches out there, though. We, I remember going up and... I remember going up and playing them in, uh, in high school, and on opening kickoff, they they come down and they uh, and I I uh, played obviously played on offensive line and was uh, split reps on defensive line with this other dude and uh, 
<laughs> on the opening kickoff, the uh, one guy, the, the guy that typically would come down and split the wedge up, he just came down and he rocked the hell out of a couple guys. And the guy that I split reps with on the defensive line, just he was concussed for probably four games after that. So I, wow, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they were, they're ruthless. <laughs> they were, that, that, school, they, they got, that school got shut down a while ago. Though. Yeah, not too, actually not too long ago, man. Not too long ago. A couple years ago. Yeah, man, I, I've been keeping up with them. But we are definitely going to come back to that because I find it interesting. I would love to hear more about some uh, uh, Glenn Mills stories as far as football because, yeah, we're going <laughs> to definitely get into that, man, because they end up employing a lot of Robert Morris people. Yeah, so uh, so when did you get started in organized sports? Um, not. I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't play youth football. I was always too damn big. <laughs> so, uh, there, there was no making weight for me when I was when I was young. Um, so I mean, you know, I. Tried, my parents tried to get me into wrestling when I was young, but no, I wasn't into that. Plus, I was, <laughs> I was too big for that, too. There's nobody in my weight class there unless I wrestled way up with some of the older kids, and I really wasn't feeling those little singlets and things, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Uh, that didn't last too long with wrestling, so. Man. <laughs> oh, that's, hey, bro, I, I feel you on that one. I feel you on that. So, like, so, what? okay, what, is, what was your size in, like, elementary school, man? Like, when, when did you know that, man, like, I, I can imagine, in kindergarten like what, what was elementary school like for you uh it was it was uh, i was i was i was huge in elementary school so probably i would say fifth grade i was probably six foot um <laughs> and lord knows i was probably pushing six foot and 200 pounds wow i mean i was i was a really big kid um man <laughs> yeah i know you got some stories man yeah there's no turning back <laughs> so and, and i mean i saw i mean i started playing football in sixth grade you couldn't play football so i didn't start playing until seventh grade so, and then in seventh grade, they didn't have any equipment for me that fit. So, you had to go to the high school to get equipment, um, helmet all the way down. So, and then at that point, the high school, they were drooling, waiting for me to get up there, knowing that they had a kid that they had to get equipment for. So... <laughs> <laughs> how quick did it how long did it take you to pick up the game and like do you remember what your obviously you played online and what, what what was your first position and how fast did it take you a long time to pick up the game 
Um, I played uh, offensive tackle basically my my whole uh, football career basically. Um, I mean, you know, they kind of dabbled at guard a little bit here and there if they needed me because there was tackles already. Um, that kind of happened in high school a little bit because there was already a senior tackle. It happened at Robert Morris, too, when I got up there as a freshman um, because there was already Hank Fraley and I think I forget who was playing the other tackle when I got up there. Right. Um, but anyways, yeah, so I basically played tackle my entire career. And then I played defensive tackle in middle school and high school as well. Okay. Did you but, like D tackle? I did. I got to got to eat up some uh, quarterbacks and running backs a little bit, have a little fun out there. But <laughs> yeah, cool, man. So, what kind of student were you? Um, you know, in high school, I. Uh, all my, I, I hung out with all people that were older than I was. My brother was a couple years older than I was. And um, I uh, didn't attend class all the time. <laughs> I tended to. Yeah, I tended to skip school a lot, you know, especially when it wasn't football season. So uh, my grades weren't the greatest um, until they all until they all graduated. So then my my senior year, my junior year, I picked it up a little bit. And my grades got better. Right. Um, so then that helped my GPA out a bit and. I mean, I was smart. My SATs were okay. And uh, I didn't have any problem getting into school or anything. So. Okay. So, so when, uh, let's go. Um, so, were you, have you started your whole life? Or, or were there some, some times where you had to wait and, and, and uh, to get on the field? Um, no. Well, you know, when I got to high school, they, uh, I mean, I started on the, the freshman team because um, we had a freshman team and then we had a JV team and then we had a varsity team. I started on the, the freshman team and then we actually had uh, on our, our football team was pretty good and we were actually featured in uh, Sports Illustrated uh, for our football team for having the largest offensive line in the country. Uh-huh. Um, but I wasn't on. Wow. <laughs> this was before I was on it. Um, Please describe the dimensions. Go down the line. What, what, what was this high school O-line like? This was this is when my brother was the tight end, and he he was at 
six eight, and he was about two sixty at the time. And we were around. We we barely we didn't pass at the time. We might have passed a half a dozen times a game. So we were basically all run heavy offense. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about the you know, late nineties here. So, you know, this is before spread heavy offenses came into play. Right. So, so he's a, he's a six, eight, but maybe, no, nah, I wouldn't say two, maybe two fifty. So, and then the one tackle, he was probably six, six, two eighty, two ninety, maybe. Um, and then I had a guard at six four two seventy five two eighty and center at six four two eighty another guard at six four two eighty and then a a tackle at six six three hundred. Yeah, man, that 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 sounds like a a, a college offensive line, college NFL line. Yeah, and, and yeah, you was, you wasn't on it. <laughs> no, I wasn't on it. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy, man. So, so how good were you guys in high school? Um, yeah, that we were we were pretty good. Hello, we were pretty good. They Stop. were. Uh, you know, we're yeah. perennial uh, playoff Scott, team, you, you know. And I mean, this was in a a conference Scott. that was that was pretty good. I mean, it had Cumberland Valley West, it had uh, Downingtown, which is you know good. I mean, it had a lot of good teams that are you know in the you know look at it now they're in top 100 teams in the nation at this point you know right so you say how good were you guys i don't think i heard your what you, your answer um no i did i mean they're we were good perennial playoff team you know so any any guys go big time and name that name uh name drop worthy um um, no, nobody that went, uh, nobody that went to the league or anything, but there was, there was a lot of guys that went, you know, to, you know, big time colleges and things like that. Um, nobody that I think you would do or recognize now. Okay. Okay. So um, let's get to your senior year. So um, what was your recruiting process? And I asked everybody and worded the same way. How the hell did you end up at Robert Morris? Man. All right. So basically, I mean, I was heavily recruited um, in my sophomore going junior year um a lot of d1 schools were recruiting me and um you know and then we had 
a couple. I mean, it's kind of twofold. I had a, a major injury in my my junior year, right? Kind of the beginning of my junior year. I had a uh, a bone infection in my leg hmm. um, that sidelined me my entire junior year, um, which put me in the hospital for about two weeks. And um, so the infection went into my bone. I had to get part of that scraped out of there. And um, and then we also had a head coach change um, after my junior year, which kind of sidelined a lot of the recruiting that went on, which kind of took a pretty big toll. So, okay, kind of so, is what it is, you know. Right, right. <clears throat> so, so how the hell did you end up at Robert Morris? Robert Morris. Um, you know, I don't know. I had uh, a couple official visits. I had an official visit at Syracuse. I had an official visit at Pitt. I had an official visit at uh, East Carolina. Had. And they just didn't, they didn't pan out. The, the offers didn't happen. Um, they, East Carolina had said, wanted me to do it. Yeah, I preferred walk on. Pitt did too. But I don't know, preferred walk on just didn't really set with me very well. And uh, Bob Morris gave me a call and I don't. I don't remember who it was exactly that called, but they uh, called and asked to come out for a visit. And I just remember sitting in the office with Rad and and Coach Walton. And Rad looks at me and says, "You ever uh, you ever wear a Super Bowl ring?" I said, no, never, never wore a Super Bowl ring. And he said, well, I just had the diamonds replaced in mine. I had them taken out when uh, when I got it to put in a wedding ring. <laughs> and said, here, try it on. And he took his off and he threw it at me. <laughs> and I just kind of looked at it and he said, well, what the hell are you doing? You never had one on, put it on. <laughs> And he made me put the damn Super Bowl ring on, and, and I just thought, well, this is a crazy son of a bitch. Maybe I'll come here and play for him. So. Yo, that's 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 a, that's, a, that's a, hey, I, I'm I'm ranking these stories, man. That's a good one. That's a good Rad story. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. So so Rad. So we can say Rad is a uh, played a very important role in you coming to Robert Morris. He did. He definitely did. Cool, cool. Man, do you know? Do you, can you remember who was on your visit with you and who who uh, was your uh, your host? No, no. I, you know, I never took a, a overnight visit or anything. Ah, okay, okay. okay. I didn't need one. I really didn't. Okay. I really didn't. You know, I I kind of just wanted an opportunity. You know, I wanted an opportunity to be able to play. They uh. They were able to sell me on, you know, the opportunities that were there, you know, being that it was a young program, you know, that that there was uh, 
that there was a lot of good things in the future that they were able to accomplish so much and that in the short few years that they you know that they were alive and well you know that i thought that there was a lot more being able to be able to happen in, in mm-hmm. you know the period of time that i was going to be able to be there so yeah and uh yeah and lord knows you were right about that um if that's what you felt um and uh, i think that was well stated so when you got there, man, so, because everybody, is a thing, right? Everybody remembers you <laughs> from stepping on campus. Uh, what do you remember when you first got on campus your freshman year? What year was that? What a what? Uh, what year did you uh, get to campus and what do you remember? Everybody remember you stepping on campus and, you know, how big you were. What do you remember about your freshman year stepping on campus and just your freshman year in general? Oh man, I just remember getting there in 98 and being like, oh man, this is, uh, you know, I I wasn't, I wasn't too overwhelmed with it. I just, uh, I just remember taking it all in and, and, and trying to, to take in all of the the plays and the playbook and and thinking you know this is this is a much bigger playbook than anything that i ever had to deal with and seeing that <laughs> thick ass playbook yes, that sir. joe walton sat in front of us <laughs> thinking that man we have to remember this whole damn thing <laughs> <laughs> You know, never having to deal with anything like that before. You know, like I said, we came from a run-heavy offense. You know, where it was like, man, we're running downhill with everything. (laughs) You know, uh, a power eye. (laughs) We're going into this. But, uh, you know, know, it's all good. You know, know, listening to, uh, I was just listening to Walkhouse's, uh, uh, conversation, you know, and it was like, you know, <laughs> some of that stuff, you know, that you know would apply, some of it wouldn't apply, but it was like, <laughs> it wasn't so much a uh, culture shock to me because it felt like culture was all good for me, you know, I, I'm good, good with that. You know, I was happy to see a lot of different people and what people had to bring to the scenario because, and the camaraderie and the people that, the type of, uh, you know, locker room feel that was going on at Robert Morris. And that's really what um, was so uh important that that's what was going on um you know because like you were saying that i mean that's really what what made what was so special there you know yeah i mean it it made everybody just fall right in the place no matter uh how you know i mean it's so quick for anybody to fall right in the place there Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, man. I Again, just uh, as a kudos to you, and one of the things that I learned to appreciate you early was I could tell that you were able, you were used to being around all types of people. You know what I'm saying? The music was too obvious. That was easy, but it was also watching you <laughs> watching you interact with your teammates and different teammates. You know, and speaking of, man, I, I'm going I'm going to uh, 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 quote an all-time Robert Moore great who said, man, I was walking through the hall, man, my freshman year, and I kind of stressed, actually, and, and, and I just saw Scott Conchett and just like, that's one of the biggest human beings I've ever seen. And he just pulled me to the side. Man, we had some fellowship. And, and man, we, we just became real cool. But I'll never forget when he just saw me and knew something was, wasn't right. And he just pulled me to the side and talked to me. You know who that was? Who's that? Dante Settles. Oh, man. Dante. Yeah, man. He, That's my yes, man. Sir. Yeah, man. He told me that story, man. He just, just like, said, man, Scott, man. I was just walking down the hall, man. He looked at me and said, yo, come here, man. <laughs> and you sat him down. And y'all y'all did some fellowshipping, man. Uh, and uh, he just was like, oh, man, I feel good now, you know. But, yeah, he said, he said, it was, it was you. Yeah, man. Of course, that don't surprise me at all that you did something like that. That's awesome, man. You know, there's so many guys that, you know, you wish you could just, you wish you could just reach out to, you know, and and you feel like, you feel like you could just talk to forever, you know, that, that you would just hang out with. And yeah, it feels like, you know, it feels like just yesterday that you were hanging out with these guys and you could just reach out to and talk to forever, you know? Scott. Yeah. Damn, I don't know what the hell just happened, man. <laughs> uh, this Zoom, man. But uh, did you hear what I said about the settle story? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. I'm guessing, I'm guessing you don't remember that. Uh, uh, do I remember that? Yeah, I'm guessing there's no way you remember that. No, I don't remember that. Hey, that's the thing, man. You were being your authentic self, and you know what I'm saying. You, you, just in that moment, man, that one interaction, you, you know what I'm saying. One of your teammates say you took him under his wing, man. That's that's a beautiful story. I know. I mean, that's that's the thing. What I was saying, you know, there's so many, 
there's so many of these guys that you used to hang with and it's like you wish you could just reach out and talk with these guys so many times and just say what's up or you feel like you could talk with so many of these guys for hours and you know because you feel like you were just hanging with them yesterday yeah it's all that how tight everybody was back in the locker room you know yeah man so y'all freshman year, let me see, 98, you guys go four and six. And um, I heard, all I kept hearing stories of, is that that was a very, very talented team, but it just didn't show as it relates to y'all record. What do you remember about y'all freshman year? And uh, and when did you become a starter? Um, well, I guess 90, well, 99 was the first year I got there, I guess. Okay, okay. Um. What do I remember? Um, well, I redshirted my first year. Okay. Because um, I that uh, infection came back in my leg. Mm. Um, so I had to get surgery on that. So that's why I redshirted my first year. So... And actually, Walton wanted me to go back in for the last couple games that year. But I had to tell him, no, I didn't want to because I wanted to save my eligibility. That was a interesting conversation there with Walton, you know trying to convince him otherwise of what his plan was so right <laughs> yeah how, 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 how did that go yeah how, how was that <laughs> um you know it was it, he it, he could be intimidating you know mm-hmm. especially as a freshman college student going in to talk to him he can be pretty intimidating but um you know, I actually, uh, Cleary helped me with the uh, conversation, not going in to talk to him, but with some of the talking points, you know, kind of to, to help me out with the conversation. So, um, you know, it, it went okay. I think he understood where I was coming from. Right. And, um, you know, what what the, the purpose was of me to to sit out the rest of the year because I think uh, you know he he wanted me to to go in for um, uh, I forget the guy's name Meldo or uh, Mirno the the one guard he wanted me to go in and guard for the rest of the season playing next to Hank Okay. Uh, neither <laughs> yeah. here nor there at this point. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay, okay. Understood. So, so 99 is the year y'all, you know, I think lost first couple of games, two first two games, and then went on a eight-game winning streak tearing up the uh, NEC and everybody y'all played. When did you Crack the starting lineup. Do you remember? 
I'm, I'm in the same boat. Trust me, I, I'm, the, I'm, I'm, I'm the concussion king. At, I'm one of the concussion kings at Robert Moore. You can ask Addy. <laughs> yeah, man. But, but I, again, I, I just remember again. Like I wasn't there yet, '99. But I just remember just looking at the record books and looking at, man, uh, they y'all putting that crazy, crazy numbers, man. But what do you remember from '99? Just anything as far as. Um, you know, I just remember, uh, I just remember grinding, you know, I just remember going at it. I just remember, you know, with the, uh, you know, getting in there, getting in with those guys and, um, just getting in and getting into the playbook. And that was my main focus was, uh, making sure I knew the playbook because that was all that kept getting driven into our heads because if you don't know the playbook, you're not going to play well. So that was the main thing that, that you know, was the main focus for, for me personally. Um, so that's that's basically where I was at. Okay. And um, just continuing to try to, to get stronger and get get in shape okay yeah I, I i i do recall you being in the weight room and most of the time when i remember you working out it was by yourself like i can vividly remember those time images you working out by yourself yeah yeah man so so then 2000 my first year uh uh let me see. Well, how do we describe 2,000 years? So in, in every episode uh, I've so far, I've expressed and shared about the 2,000 uh, team um, Northeast Conference champions, ECAC champions, uh, national champions for non-scholarship football. And for those who don't know, there is such a thing um, for uh, for one, what was called 1AA uh, football. It was a new level of, of, of football in schools in Northeast and San Diego, University of San Diego out West that um, were starting football teams and, and there was a non-scholarship uh, level created. And uh, Robert Morris University was part of that in 2000. Won a national championship my first year as a, as a uh, graduate assistant coach. Uh, Opio Gary makes a bold prediction. Uh, uh, <laughs> that he was held accountable for, that we was go undefeated. What, really, what he really said was, if we played up to our level, we would go undefeated, man. So what, what are your fond memories of 2000? What? What was, your, what was some fond memories of 2000 for you? The 2000 team? Oh, man. Oh, I got too many fond memories of 2000. <laughs> oh, 2000 was absolutely nuts. Um, 2000 was a journey. The journey is what my memory is. 
from right. the first game to the last game was uh, just, I mean, look, the, the galvanization the entire season. I mean, coming together uh, from everybody. I mean, yep. from the first guy to the last guy, there wasn't a guy on that bench that wasn't together with the first starter on that team. Um, and that's really what made the difference. Um, uh, I mean, like you said, I mean, you mentioned Opio. I mean, Opio would come into that locker room and, and he was he was laser focused. I mean, Opio, Opio thought he would jump through the gym on every damn pass. Even if that <laughs> pass was on the ground, he thought he was going to leap through everything to get it. Yeah. I mean, he didn't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, Levchak, I mean, you would have thought that, I mean, you would have thought his puppy died, but I mean, he was laser focused on uh, on going out there to win the game. I mean, everybody had their own personality, but the team's personality was all the same one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was, I mean, it, it, look, the, the team, in my opinion, the team was good. Um, there was there was a lot in if you ask me personally there was a lot of division one athletes on that 2000 team yeah. um, how they so all in, in landed your, yeah what's that opinion so in your opinion just for if you say just give some examples I want your teammates to hear what you what you thought of them so what some guys you just thought like D1 just because of what you saw them do on the field? Um, all right. So, I think Opio was a D1 receiver. Um, I, I would think, agree. Uh, I think uh, Mark Leonard was a D1 offensive lineman. Absolutely. I think Sam Dorsett was a D1 running back. Absolutely. Um, I think Horse Grayson was a D1 defensive lineman. Yes, sir. <clears throat> I think Reggie Chambers was a D1 linebacker. 100%. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I could probably keep going, but I'm going to stop right there. I have to look a little deeper on that. I, one, I, I, there I, was I'm probably gonna, some more. I'm going to add one that you just, just you're going to absolutely agree with that you just ain't mentioned. Tim Lefchek. One hundred. Yeah, Tim. Uh, Tim Levchak. I was gonna put that in there, but the threshold for quarterbacks is pretty high, so that's why I <laughs> held back on that one. Got you, got you, got you. But I, yeah, we gonna say Levchak. My goodness, I, I, I think it was me and uh, Settles talking about um, his balls. Oh, me and Corey Oaks. Shout out to Corey Oaks. I can't wait for this. Mm, Corey Oaks. Yeah, Corey Oaks. You get. You got it. Corey Oaks. Just stand with a little long. Or a little short, but yeah, I'm right. with you on that one. But he was he was he he did go into pit though. He did he did kind of transfer there to pit. So 
Right. Yeah, and he kind of was a D1 athlete, though. So. Yeah, and he, you know, played some Canadian football and, and arena. So, yeah. Um, <clears> I, can't, I can't wait for his episode to come out because just to give you a snippet, at age 12, Corey Oaks hit a home run out of Three Rivers Stadium. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, Corey Oaks is just, Corey Oaks is a stud athlete. Absolutely. I, I, one of the greatest I've ever seen. And I'm from Miami, did, Florida. Did you know, did you know our, uh, Corey Oaks in my, uh, senior year, my red shirt senior year and Corey Oaks, we had a baby like, uh, month, uh, less than a, a couple weeks apart from each other during our senior year. <laughs> <laughs> we were we, we were we were in the locker room. We were like, Coach Walls, I can't come to practice today. My my girlfriend just had a baby, and there and then Corey Oost go up to Coach Walls. Coach Walls, I can't go to practice today. My girlfriend just had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Coach Walls, like, what the hell? <laughs> oh man! So you said he had two babies. Corey Oaks' girlfriend had a baby. Was uh-huh. now his, uh, was his wife. I don't know if it still is, but uh, and then my now wife, it was my girlfriend at the time, had a baby. But it was within a couple weeks of each other during the season of my redshirt senior year. Ah, so Walton dealing with two babies uh, being born. <clears throat> gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. That's crazy. Oh wow. I, I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah I, I, man, you just named some, some pretty, you know, special guys out there um, as far as who could have played D1. And like, I agree, there's some other guys that definitely could have. Um, so, that's 2000, win national championship, come back uh, 2001, lose the first three games of the season. And almost repeat 1999 as far as going on a tear throughout the season. So, what do you remember from 2001? Um, I remember 2001 being a frustrating season, um, you know, to start. Um, so, I mean, it always is when you when you open up losing, but. Um, you know, coming back and and you know getting some redemption through some losses, mm-hmm. um, which feels good. Um, but to the, I mean, two thousand one, you get you know you kind of build some build some strength around some guys, you know, around some guys that you you don't necessarily know that are going to pick it up. And you always find those guys, you know, you always find those guys throughout the season that, um, that you're not necessarily sure are, are going to be there and that always end up popping up and being there. So that's a good thing. Yeah, man. We only played nine games that season. That was a season of 9-11. And Monmouth uh, was a team that we did not play. But if, you know, we wanted to play that that 10th game. But, again, Robert Morris was on such a tear. They did not want to play us. So, uh, um, yeah, so that team uh, went 6-3. But then 2002, y'all go 3-7. and seven. 
So I'm not on a, a team. Uh, I'm gone. I got master's degree. Uh, so I don't really know what happened in 2002. But what do you remember from that 2002 season? Injuries. Ah. A lot of injuries happened in 2002. Um, and, you know, it was, that was a, that was a strange year for me personally because there was just so many young guys in the locker room um, for me, which was, which was good, I mean, in a sense for me, because I was able to take on a little bit different of a role. Um, I mean, I was a fifth year senior, and then there's, I mean, I was 22 in the locker room with a lot of 17, 18 year olds, you know, coming in. And um, so, I mean, it's, you know, like I said, it's a different role, you know, for, for me at that point, which was, which was fine. I mean, that, I mean, that was good. Um, and we dealt with a ton of injuries in, in 2002. And it was a rough year, you know, it's never fun to lose. And, um, but a lot of those guys, some of them, you know, well, some of them never had to deal with that. They come in from a high school team that wasn't on a losing team, and they come in mm -hmm. and you know, they yep. take you know we sucked, you know, <laughs> and right, you know, and it's it's not an easy thing to deal with, but that's yeah, that, that kind of was the way uh -huh. it the way it ended up, you know, and then. Then I think they went through some coaching changes pretty much right after that, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm looking at um that offensive line. Um, to your uh, left was Mirdo, and then Walkhouse was at center. Jean Jacques at, at left guard. Lawrence Tolson right. at uh, left tackle. So, um, I yeah, you say a lot of youth and, and a lot of injuries. What do you remember about the young guys? As far as uh, potential, um, you know, well, Cliff, Cliff is the man. You know, Cliff, Cliff was uh, he was the bright spot at that point. You know, and I mean, you could just tell at that point that Cliff had a future ahead of him. Um, and you know, they were kind of grooming him to to be kind of the future O line guy at that point. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, of course, you know, I was playing with, with Lockhouse there for a couple of years at that point. And mm -hmm. Mirdo, you know, for a year or two at that point. Mm -hmm. um, so there was some familiarity there. So, right. you know, but the left side of the line was was pretty new. But and that you know that that made it. But they, I mean they did you know they didn't do bad. I mean there was like I said, Cliff Cliff was good. You know Cliff. We I mean everybody knew Cliff was going to be solid, right? 
So there was no, I don't think there was really any, any concerns on, on that front, you know, because, because Cliff was going to be that guy, you know, so, and just the, uh, just the overall feeling that everybody got from, from Cliff, you know, just, uh, being his, just being his personality too, the way that he fit in with everybody in the locker room too, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, cool, cool, man. So that's your senior year, uh, two thousand two, right? That's your last year. Yep. Yeah. So, so what what was it like transitioning from, you know, playing ball to to graduating and, and moving on? Um, it was, it was all right, you know, you know, like I said, I, uh, I had a, uh, I had a baby my senior year during the football season in October. Um, so I was pretty busy, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. so I had a lot going on and, um, you know, I still, you know, was hoping to play football when I was done a little bit, but you know, it didn't didn't pan out um, the way I was hoping to. Um, I went and played an All Star game afterwards. Um, did okay during some combine testing and all, um, but. Nothing, nothing ever panned out. I didn't get an agent or anything. Okay. Um, but it it just didn't pan out that way. So, but it, I mean, it's all good. I mean, that's the way it happens, you know. Yeah. So, so what kind of college student were you? We know about K twelve. So uh, what kind of college student were you and uh, what did you get your degree in? I was good. I was a good college student. I graduated with honors. So. Okay. I was good. Um, Honestly, college is pretty easy, in my opinion. Right. Um, um, No, I, I got my degree in hospitality and tourism management. Okay. So. Cool. Okay. Hey, because I'm going to tell you, I, I think I uh, I can't remember. I think it was Walk House. I will, uh, you heard it on the uh, interview about the O-line GPA. I think it was yeah. Miro that messed it up for you guys to have a, everyone to have, yeah. or I think, a 3.0. But yeah, man, that, that's dope, man, the, uh, uh, that y'all had, you know, such high G. Yeah, and that's usually, statistically speaking, the old line usually had the best GPA on the team, so I'm, I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, uh, what was your first job after uh, undergrad? And, and, and yeah, uh, yeah, what were you doing after as far as work? Yeah, I was uh, managing the, uh, the hospitality for a, uh, um, a nursing home. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, how how was that for you? How much, uh, as far as what you the classroom stuff, the translated to real life? 
Um, no, it was it was good. It was good. No, I, I, I mean, I actually enjoyed it. I, I mean, I made a career out of it. So, right. You know, I ended up, I ended up doing it for the, the largest senior living provider in the country. So, oh wow, you know, mm-hmm. worked out. Okay, cool. But, yeah, that's that's an industry that people would never consider as far as. But it only makes sense that that would be a thriving industry because we all, if we're lucky, we get to grow old. So, and, um, you know, having somewhere to be, you know, somebody to take care of you, obviously very important. So, yeah, I mean, just a career opportunity that that I would suggest to people who, um, you know, interested in AHR and that kind of stuff to think about hospitality as a, as a potential career choice. So... Yeah, man. What, yeah, so I mean, I never thought about it. I always thought about doing like, you know, I always thought about going into uh, hotels, doing like food and beverage industry in hotels. And actually, I thought that's what I was getting into when I went to the interview and I pulled up and it was a retirement community. And so I ended up going into the interview anyway, and I took the job and... <laughs> kind of fell into it but right ended up being a pretty nice career anyway so what oh, the hell that's yeah that's dope man so what would you tell uh, a college student right now who's um, is, let's say he's a senior um, he's about to graduate um, in May um, he's uh, making that transition from being a student athlete to going into the real world, man, uh, what is something that you would tell that person? Maybe you wish somebody would have told you or just some general advice that you would just give uh, to a a former student athlete that's about to go into the real world? Um, Probably the the biggest piece of advice I would give is, would be to... uh, Well, you know, once you pick your lane that you're going to go into, it will be to uh, try to stay in your lane and uh, really build your path and, uh, you know, stick in that path and and uh, blaze that path as hard as you can. That would be my advice. What would just uh, just to put you on the spot? Some examples. Uh, what, how, how would you give an example? Of what you mean by that? Um, what I mean by that is to to when I say blaze that path as hard as you can, would be to if you you know if you're picking a, a career field, it would be to really make your mark on that career field. You know, don't hold back. Don't just be a, a place marker in that career field. You know, make your name. You know, be be a standout in what you're doing because that's the only way that you're going to be, you know, something. You got to be something special in whatever it is that you're doing in that career field in order to... <clears throat> You you don't just want to be 
the run of the mill, whatever it is that you're going to do. Be something special. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Gotcha. I think I think that's absolutely word perfectly and uh, some very sound advice, man. So, yeah. So, yeah, the transition into health, man, because I, I know that you have been open and willing to talk about, you know, what you're going through as far as physically. Um, and it's one of the things that I'm highly, highly encouraging uh, guys who used, we used to play with. And if you under the Robert Moore's university football uh, fraternity, you know, you have me, you're a brother. And the truth of the matter is that we play a very violent sport and it does take its toll. And we don't make no excuses for it. We're, we're grateful for it. You know, what they opened up for, for is opportunities, et cetera, but it does take a toll. And um, it's imperative that we take care of ourselves and as late to our health and, and, and check up on each other, man. So physically, man, um, what, what's going on right now with you, man? And uh, uh, what, what information can you give that could potentially help somebody else? Um, I mean, physically what's going on with me, I'm, uh, I ain't doing that great physically. Um, I'm still struggling with the progressive MS, you know, so I'm, uh, still, I'm going, doing a new treatment right now. It's called Ocrevus. Uh, it's supposed to stop the progression of the MS. So, will it stop it? I don't know. Mm. But time will tell. I guess we'll find out. So, hopefully, it stops it and I can build some strength back up and keep going from there. But we'll find out. But limited to the power wheelchair right now and. Keep grinding, keep going, keep fighting. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely, bro. That's what we know. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I think you know, definitely want to bring more aware awareness uh, to um, our teammates and you know football players in general as it relates to uh, uh, MS and some of the other stuff. I, I'm gonna speak for myself, for example. Um, James Noel, if you'll hear his, his podcast, man, he's lost a kidney and, uh, you know, for cancer, man, beat the odds of a rare cancer called, ironically, RMC. And um, um, he, he, he survived it after seven, with 17% uh, uh, cancer live. He, he, he beat the odds. And so, um, um, and myself, I got a, a sickle cell trait, so does James. And uh, I got a kidney that's at 78% now. So I've, I've increased the numbers a little bit, man. So I've been having health issues myself. And uh, just to give you an idea, again, how many concussions I've suffered. When Addie, uh, me and Addie spoke for the first time in 20 years, a couple of months ago. And the first thing she asked me was, how's my head? And how's my knee? But she said I had some of the worst concussions uh, uh, no, that she's seen. So... Um, it's imperative, you know, for us to share with each other. I, I, I truly believe that we are helping each other as far as sharing our stories, man. And uh, um, and there's, there's, we, we also uh, offline have talked about uh, um, engaging more into the topic of cannabis, man. And uh, so 
that's definitely something that as far as research that's coming out that I know I'm excited to learn more and, and talk more about. But, you know, while we talking, screw it. Why not, brother? What, what, what's your, your take on cannabis and um, how has it helped you? Um, it, honestly, it helps me a lot. Uh, a lot it helps me a lot with, with symptoms. You know, a lot of the symptoms I got from the MS. Um, a lot of the muscle spasms and stuff like that is what it helps with um, primarily. Um, a lot of the a lot of the mental helps with some of the mental stuff. Um, but just just the body the body stuff it helps with a lot. So um, I feel that you know the pain helps mild mild pain reliever. I don't take none of that nonsense. I don't like taking medicines and shit. Uh, that stuff yeah. ain't for me. So I don't mess around with that. So I just I, oh, my brother. I don't like I don't like smoking so much. I mean, I do sometimes, but I like eating it more than anything, to be honest. Yeah, how, how do you eat it? Because I'm, I'm leaning towards that myself. How do you um, and how do you uh, infuse it with your food? Um, I got a dude that uh, that makes me some uh, butter. Okay. Uh, it makes me some butter up, and uh, we make some cookies. Okay. Cool. So, cool. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah, man. I, I, I mean, it, it's it's legal up here in Michigan, so I mean, we mm-hmm. got a store right down the road. So if we need to, we can just go pick up whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a little pricey down there, but. You know, damn state charges so much damn tax on that stuff. But yeah, my dude just grows it and everything. So he just cooks us up some butter and everything. So good, man. Because I'm going to tell you, man, as a PhD in education, I don't, you know, I'm not one of those uh, people know that really know me. No, I hate, I don't care less about the title and being called doctor. But what I'm grateful for is that the ability to learn how to conduct research and scientific research and understanding how to read the data, et cetera. And so I think in education is extremely important. To talk about this topic, I'm not into the street talk stuff. Uh, for me, this is medicine. Um, and that's how I approach it. That's how I look at it. That's how that's what the research shows. And there's some very progressive research around the plant and what it's doing specifically football players because there's a lot of people that have such strong opinions about it but they don't know what we've gone through and 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 what we continue to go through post-career and so i think it's about us having honest educated conversations and i appreciate you and thank you for agreeing to be a part of the conversation because like i said you got a story to tell brother and um you are showing and represent what true strength and resiliency is. That's why we giving you your flowers, you know what I'm saying, today. You know what I'm saying? So I want you to know we appreciate you. I appreciate you, man. And, uh, you know, looking forward to us uh, uh, doing this again. And uh, is there anything you want to say, you know, any shout outs, man, teammates, uh, uh, anybody you want to recommend to be my next guest and uh, you think that will provide some good stories for us? I just want to hear from anybody and everybody, man. I look forward to catching up on all the other ones I ain't listened to yet. 
Yeah. So I did, I think anybody you have on there is good. Well, <clears throat> you doing anybody it. else other than teammates yet? Oh, not yet, man. But I got some. I got some. Some. Some cool people that I'm. Uh, you know, have access to that I'm looking forward to. Uh, you know, continuing this format, man. Um, it's it's been. It's, it's pretty fun, man. The way the way I'm doing it. So I'm. I'm. Uh, see. I'm just keep riding and see what happens. And tap into some intellectual uh, stuff going on here. You say intellectual? Yeah. Uh, that's coming. I got getting some colleagues that uh, you know, I'm looking forward to talking to. Actually, I got a brother, for example. He is uh, now a high administrator for L'Oreal uh, uh, um, uh, pharmaceutical medical product. I mean, uh, cosme- uh, cos- cosmetic products. And um, but he's a scientist from Cornell, so he studies uh, uh, diseases and infections. So he, you know, right away. After when COVID broke, me and him had a conversation about the data, and and so we're gonna have a, a conversation about that. Um, I got, like I said, uh, hoping to some professional athletes in the, in the you know in the future, not in a rush for that. But you know that six degree of separation is real, man, and it's amazing the people that I know who they know, you know. So there's some people, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to outside of football. The, the uh, Oh, some outdoor adventure people, man. Some professional rock climbers, you know, former Olympic uh, uh, kayakers. Um, I'm looking for, again, some, some, you know, tapping into the mental of, like, again, a rock climber, man. That's big out here in Chattanooga. And dude, you got to see these people, man. Like, you see them, you're like, they're the nicest people. They, they teach third grade, but they're world champion rock climbers, and they go up hundreds of feet with no room. I mean, the mental toughness to be up there, dude, absolutely nuts. But they out here, man, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I listen to some of them podcasts with them, some of these UFC fighters and, and some of these guys. They're some good yeah. stuff, though. Yeah, man, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, similarity between all the sports with people uh, 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 got to use their head with contact. <laughs> a whole lot yeah. of similarities. <laughs> Personality, yeah. everything. Man, work ethic. Yeah, man. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So, again, um, so in continuing in our conversation, um, we talked about health, talked about uh, a player's health in particular, not only during playing time, but post. And uh, I know I have had a lot of injuries, uh, um, but I know this is, is, you know, people like yourself that's going through way worse. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, yeah, just continue in what we're talking about as far as player health. And um, you mentioned that, you know, you uh, have multiple sclerosis. And if you can please share uh, what that's been like for you, what's been on your heart to share, um, anything you can, uh, as far as educating uh, former teammates and brothers and, and anybody listening to this podcast. Um, well, yeah, I think, well, it, it's, it was a lot. Well, my struggle with, you know, MS is, has been, it's been pretty tough. I've had a long road with it. Um, it's from, I was diagnosed with MS at, 28 years old so I was pretty young when I was diagnosed 
diagnosed in about two, I don't know, I don't know, two years after I was diagnosed, I really started noticing um, some struggles with uh, my legs and some walking issues and things like that. And um, really started struggling and things like that. And so, um, so yeah, go ahead, my bad. Nah, what were you gonna say? Nah, so like, what was that first, you know, reaction or feeling? Do you can you pinpoint exactly when you knew, like, it wasn't just old football pain, but something of more? Um. Uh, because it, it was it was because my my legs were they were just they would give out on me uh-huh. like I would I would walk and they would give out I would get up in the middle of the night like my my kid would wake up in the middle of the night I would get up to get it out of the crib or something I'd wake up to go get the baby out of the crib and my legs would just give out on me when I would get up out of the bed. Um, uh, Just, you know, things that wouldn't be football injury related. Right. Um, You know, and then it was probably... I don't know. I was probably around 30 years old. And then I was having some trouble going to the bathroom, probably. And um, uh, actually, this is probably a little earlier than that. And uh, And, you know, I had uh, had to, my wife had to force me to go to the doctor, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's when they had to get me to go through the all the testing and all that kind of stuff. And they had to get me to get some cat scans and they thought I had uh, a bone cancer on my hip and they had to biopsy a a bone tumor Uh but that was negative that was negative and that's how they actually um, found out that I had MS in the first place so so they were looking for something else and found MS. And that's how they found the MS because I that that threw me into this big MS flare. And um but I've ended up being a um spiral from that point on, you know. Okay. Uh during your playing time, did you ever ex- experience anything that would suggest that um anything that you know, you feel anything wrong when you played? Um, it, you know, the, it, there could have been, 
Um, it, you know, it's it's funny you mention that because you know when I was back for homecoming, uh, I talked with Addie about this a, a little bit at length. Um, about some of the things that went on during the time when I was playing some of the injuries that I had some of the things that went on could they have been caused by some of the things that went on could have went on with things that were related to MS um but those are you know coulda woulda shoulda type of things and you know, it's it's hard to look back and and say, you know, what what could you have done? So, yeah, yeah, man. So, um, like, so I know we mentioned briefly offline about just just living and every day just living, man. So how 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 is it? And um, yeah, what what, what it um. It relates to things that you wanted to express and share. What, what exactly, you know? Again, this opportunity. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I wanted to to move move forward a, a little bit with, okay. you know, to, you know, we're we're sharing a little bit about, you know, coaches. You wanted to say any stories about Rad and. I wanted to share a story about Coach Walton. Um, Please, by all I means. Think, I don't think that man gets enough credit sometimes. Hey, that's facts. Um, and this is a story uh, um, that's outside of football. Um, probably... When I was, this was probably 2011. I went through probably months and months in the hospital. And then I went into hospice and uh, they didn't think I was gonna make it. And uh, I was I was down to about six breaths a minute apparently. Wow. And um but apparently I said fuck it man and uh made it uh I said ain't my time man. Right. God God wasn't taking me. So and uh, Coach Walton called me and uh, just uh, talked to me a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's something I, I always cherished. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. I, hey, man, I, I, I would concur with everything you just said, and I need to do a better job of it myself on this podcast because, you know, 
the person that I had the closest relationship with was Rad as the, you know, I'm gonna call him the Colonel, the, the wild Colonel, but the general was Walton, you know, and Coach Walton was the foundation, the ship, you know, and as he went, the team went. So uh, shout out to former uh, Jets uh, head coach uh, and our head coach of Rob Morris University uh, to start a program from scratch, you know, as an almost like an experiment, a retirement job, just the thought of doing something like that requires you know, real leadership and, and who better than uh, um, Pittsburgh's uh, local area legend, finest uh, uh, Joe Joseph Walton to be at the hill, uh, at the helm and, and we have all learned, you know, giving me an opportunity to be a GA. He could have easily said no, you know, because um, he is the final decision. I'm grateful for the opportunity as a Kemper Military School you know, saying former cadet to 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 go I mean, to the Robert Moore's family, and um, without a Joe Walton, yes, that don't happen. So, shout out to Coach, and um, gotta see if I can get him on. I try to respect his time, you know, especially now in his life. But um, it would be an honor to have him obviously on. So, um, yeah, that's a bomb ass story, man. Again, a call from the general can do that. Yeah, man. So. But um, have you been watching any football lately? Uh, did you watch anything this season? Did you were you into any football this year? Yeah, I you know honestly I'm into college more so than mm-hmm. I am the NFL for sure. Um, but you know, it, it's uh, honestly it's hard to get into football this year without <laughs> all this COVID shit going on. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I live vicariously through my children playing football. You know, right. And uh, you know, that's where my heart's at, man. Trying to get them boys going. Yeah, man. I, you know what? I, I, I'm about to lean on so because I, you. As we in the last part, you know, we early on we talked about just you know your physical size and how you are above. If we're looking at, I can't remember what's is it Smith and I can't remember the, the sports magazine every year that put out football magazines and they in the NFL they describe you know the measurements of what's considered a b- below average, average, and optimum. And I think, and that's why, you know, when think about physical, you know, just physical size and as they say, how important that is to the sport, you know, you were above the optimum, right? So you were above the NFL optimum. And you literally could have been born to play either right or left tackle. What would you tell a young officer lineman who is bigger than everybody else, still trying to figure out his body, let's say either Let's do high school uh, senior or, or high or or college freshman. So high school senior or college freshman who is bigger than everybody, still trying to figure out their body. What what advice would you give them as it relates to playing the position and just the sport itself? Um, I would say continue to work on your footwork more than anything because 
because your footwork is going to be key. Your lateral footwork and your your uh, you know your your front to back and your your hands, your quick hands. Um, yeah. it, I mean that's that. That's key to most, and I mean, screw your your forty time only matters when it comes to these camps and all that crap. So don't worry about it so much. Worry about your quick burst, your your quick tens, you know, split ten time. That's really all that matters. Yep. And, um, you know, your L drills and stuff like that. That's where your speed matters. Um, so that's what you really got to worry about. Um, so that's the kind of drills and that's the kind of quick feet and stuff you really need to worry about. All right. So, and, and as it relates to uh, um, um, hand, hand, uh, um, just the use of hands and the punch, um, yeah. what would you recommend as it relates to using uh, uh, your length of, the, of those long arms um, at, at tackle? But what I what? What would you say about hands as far as the use of hands and the use of your arms? Because quick footwork is absolutely the first step. Absolutely, one hundred percent left tackles. You got to have your footwork. Work on it. Work on it. Take dance classes. Anything that requires your feet to be moving in different. Uh, you know, just to be able to, to move quickly laterally. Highly recommended. So, how about the upper body? Well, I mean, your hands have got to be, you got to move with your feet. Your hands got to move with your feet, but your, your hands need to be able to move with uh, uh, wherever you're, wherever that defender goes. Your hands have got to be able to counter what that guy's doing. So they got to be able to, to move wherever that guy is going, be able to be as quick. You know, it's funny, man. I, I got a story for you. You probably, I mean, you, you, I know you know this stuff. <laughs> I just remember doing pass rush uh, in 2000, man. And Horse was at his 295. And um, he, he, he was pretty secure in that weight. And, and you know, playing at that 3-4 uh, end. And I just remember doing pass rush, man, like, you were always his worst nightmare. And he used to get so frustrated, man. And, and he would say, like, he just give you that look, like, no, actually, but he'd be like, bro, what the hell am I supposed to do? <laughs> I say, how the fuck? Dude, I say, you gotta hell you for uh, I'm supposed to know. I how the hell you coach against six foot nine? You can't coach against this. And I just remember that that was my only response. I couldn't tell him anything, technique, stuff. There was just absolutely no way. He was getting around you, and and I it, just, it was just the the, the I, what was just so funny is uh, just because I'm like put myself in horse's situation. I'm like this is the ass whooping every day. That it ain't it ain't no other way to call it, you know. So I I just remember that fondly, man. Of you just man horse again, one of the greatest pass rushers in RMU history. But when it came to you, it was just like man, just it, it just. Just watch this and ain't nothing you can do about it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, horse, give me a run for my money, though. Horse <laughs> was tough. Yeah, yeah, we know that. Again, 
Yo, yeah. We horse, horse was horse developed a nice little repertoire. Absolutely. Yeah. You get me. <laughs> you get me. Yeah, man. So, so what, what, what type of? Okay, here's another one for you. So, for in continuation with. Uh, uh, just playing tackle. What type of? I like, I like to bring my crippled ass up in his gym. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that would be hilarious. You would love that too. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, so so I yeah. Here's another one that just popped in my head. So, what type of pass rusher did you absolutely hate to go up against? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I hated to go up against them little ass speed rushers. Them little, <laughs> them, them little ass speed rushers. Them little ass uh, speed rushers that uh, that should have been outside linebackers that <laughs> were at D end. You know, them, them ones that, you know that were like uh at like buffalo state when we played buffalo state you know uh. <laughs> <laughs> that played the end that at most of the schools would be outside linebacker you know right 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 and it's hey. like come on come on man <laughs> you know hey scott i'm telling you right now if i was a, if we play if we played together me and you would have been each other's worst nightmare <laughs> i'm just telling i was that's who i was man that's who i was and i'm telling you i used to there was another guy you know shout out the big country uh the the robert moore's first real big lineman and uh, you know he, he he was developing into into the position, and and boy, I remember I used to get him most times. But when he did get me, did you know Big Country? Yeah, he I he always gonna fight him at fight night. Oh, fight night! That's right. That's right. Hold on, he won't fight me. He won't fight me in fight night. That's right. I forgot that. That must be the battle of the big cut. That's right. <laughs> yes, I remember that. That boy, that would have broke. That would have broke all kind of records, dog. Do you know what kind of like, like, like? Oh, dude, that would have been a hell of a fight, man. <laughs> yeah, he. I, that's right. I, I now I remember that. Hold on, I have my fight song picked out and everything, man. <laughs> Yo, I the did. stories, the stories and the rumors that has got started when that first came out, dog. Oh my God, yo. I did. I did, man. I did this. Uh, there was there was this freaking uh, rap group from back back to hometown that freaking I had my rap song all freaking picked <laughs> out every day, man. Hey, I'm picturing your interest, dude. Do you understand how that would have been so hard? Oh my god, that joint was hot. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were pissed. Oh boy, hey, Kaja, that would have been dope as hell, man. I'd have smoked it out. 
Oh yeah, you that that you would have killed that. Yeah, I would have put my money on you, man. I I, I ain't no doubt about that. I would have put my <laughs> money on you, for sure, for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm really picturing me and you. Like I said, it, we would have been each other's worst nightmare nightmare in practice. Yeah, I'm Gal telling you, Gallon Hall would have been live that night. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. I, yeah, nine on seven as a DN, man. When I played at two, I think two twenty-five. Yeah, I, 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 man. My first two steps, man. I, I, that was my, my thing, man. Uh, but yeah, I, just the thought of though, if you would have got hands on me, ooh, golly, that would have been bad. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, man. Did, did you ever? Did you ever get the pull? Oh yeah. Cause I'm trying to remember you. Like, okay, vaguely remember you pulling, man. I'm, I'm just. Yeah. On, uh, what was it? Uh, 16 uh, draw. Okay. Yeah, that 16 draw where, uh, where we, we're, where the right tackle will, will kind of invite the, uh, right. Yep, and yep. Kind of tossing. And uh -huh. uh, who is it? The uh, I don't know what the what back it is. The tailback, I think it is. We'll get the uh, draw and uh, roll up, and I'll I'll. Well, that's not really a pull, but right. yeah. But there's other plays where we pull out the guard and the tackle will uh, pull and pull out. Yeah, there's lots of pulls where we pulled. Lots of plays okay. where we pulled. Okay, okay. I, yeah, man. That And that's to me, and I, I, I don't care what nobody say about the offense and, and as far as, you know, it not evolving. I think the way coach used the linemen, like you couldn't just be no typical basic stand there block. Like you had to be some kind, kind of athlete. To play in that in that offensive system like you you know to be at pool and you know those plays that you know you just don't see a lot anymore man the lineman downfield you know blocking safety that's 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 always a beautiful sight man you know yeah. with the evolution of the spread yeah you know what's unfortunate kind of now though is you can't do some of the stuff that we used to do then with some of the we used to do some crackdown blocks <laughs> where we used to come down and crack down on the uh, on the ends and stuff. Yeah, Ooh, Opio Gary, Opio used to come down and crack down. Hey, Opio used, used to lay the wood on some of them. Oh guys. my God! Let me tell you, and I say this, and I've been waiting to say this to Opio when 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 I get him on, and I and I want somebody to tell me otherwise. The best blocking receiver in Robert Moore's history. I want somebody to tell me somebody better. Oh, oh, you're not gonna get any argument from me. You got when you get OPO on, man. You gotta give him some love for me, man. Oh, I will make sure that he gonna hear it on the interview. He gonna hear this on your interview, but hell yeah, I'm gonna make sure that he know. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, that, hey, that's my little brother for real. Me and Opio's had some very, very deep life conversations, man. I, 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 I look forward to having Opio on. But yeah, Opio on a crack block. You, dude, you, thank you for bringing that up. I totally forgot about the fact that that's been that's been eliminated from the game. It has. Wow! There's been so much eliminated from the game. I mean, there's so many good elements that's been eliminated from the game. Scott, you just verified why I don't, I, I don't, I can't watch. I can't tell you the last time, I mean, when I, it's been well over 10 years. It's hard was, to watch so many yeah. of this game anymore. And I I can't, especially, yeah. it's hard to watch. Yeah, man, I, it I hurts. I haven't watched so much yeah, of the man. NFL, you know? Yeah, I, I the, the penalties, the def the defensive penalties. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I just I get this. I, oh, and I just look at all these plays that I that would have got me kicked out of a game. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, well, especially especially you can't you mean you can't touch the quarterback for ground. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I, man. Oh man. I yeah. I I, I would have got kicked out. I would I would have been. I would have got kicked out. Of, uh, uh, oh my God, man. There's a whole lot of us that I'm just thinking about just how everybody, how everybody played like back in the day, like this, this, oh my God, man. Yeah. yeah. Smoke. I'm just, just all the heavy hitters. All the guys they used to bring the wood. Yeah, smoke. You gonna get smoke on? Hey, we'll see. I, I, I've reached out to him. We'll see. Yeah, doctor. Dr. Smokey. He's <laughs> <laughs> Teaching, teaching too many classes. <laughs> yeah, man. We'll, 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 we'll see. We'll see if he, you know, we'll see if we get him on, man. And I'm, yeah, man. I, say it again. Doc Thomas. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. All these doctors, man. All these well-educated football players out hey. here. That's I love the way you worded that, man. Because that's one of those things like i am proud of it is you know us because when i tell you i'm in a unicorn in these academic spaces man i'm 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 looked at like how the hell did he get here dude all the time all the time like you can see like those people that put you in that box of you know like you're just a jock and 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 like you know again i'm a, i'm man i'm an anomaly dude i got tattoos i don't i show them off like i am i don't wear suits you know when i was a professor i wore timberland boots uh jeans uh, uh fitted with like a blazer and with a t-shirt and of course the students love me <laughs> but yeah it, it it it's good to be you know, bring that football swag to the to the academy, man. And uh, again, not a lot of people like it, <laughs> but the students always love it and appreciate it, man. Yeah, I'll shout out another one too. I'll shout out another doc. Ain't ain't uh, and shout me down if I'm wrong, but I believe uh, Vlad Saint Serin, the doc. Yes, sir, <laughs> Doctor, my Haitian brother, Doctor Vladimir Saint Serin, absolutely Brooklyn's finest. Yeah. You know, yeah, man. I mean, Robin, but you know who started it all? Dr. Robin Cole. Yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know. Dr. Yeah, he, Cole. I'll give he, it out. He's part of the original uh, doctoral uh, cohort at my uh, at, uh, Robert Morris University. Um, and 
I think at age 27. Um, and uh, I, I got to get his interview out if I could just find it. Um, actually, no, me and him going to do a re we going to do a redo. Um, so we, we, I got to get him back on. But yeah, Cole was the one, man. It's funny. It was me and him that had the conversation because um, that year, myself, Cole, and Deshaun Henry were the first, like, we graduated with, like, I think it was the biggest uh, group of Black students to graduate with Masters in Robert Moore's history. Yeah. So, um, and while we're sitting there, we're like, I said, yo, PhD next? And everybody like, it's all hype. Yeah, yeah, PhD. It is, it's all self people really thinking about it, like, man, hold on, I, don't, I think I'm done. <laughs> and uh, I, I, after a while, I said, I'm done too. But then Cole was like, Mo, man, remember what we talked about? Yo, I'm in a program. I said, for real? And then he did it, man. And I, I, I joined, I started my program at Robert, I mean, at uh, Miami University. Shout out to the Red Hawks, love and honor. Um, I started, man, I think two or three years after that, man. But Cole was the one, the spark plug, the first to do it. And um, I said, once he did it, I, I said, okay, Cole can do it. I know I'm not as smart as him, but I got the work ethic and uh, let's go see what's up. And uh, the rest is history, man. Hmm. But uh, when I tell you my inner football, especially for the dissertation, got I tapped and why a lot of people that were way smarter than me in my program didn't finish was because I knew I was an overachiever. So I tapped into my inner football for dissertation, bro. I went into camp. When I say I went into a, a camp mentality, and knock my 150-page uh, research original project that's never been done before, man. <laughs> For two years, man, dedicated my life to that. Knocked two years to get 150 pages out. Yeah, mm. man. Damn, that's work right there. Oh yeah, brother. Again, but it, without football, without the discipline, without the you know what I'm saying. Remember what it's like to be a GA. You know, and all the crap we had to do between coaching and, and, and still maintaining over 3-0, working on the Masters with no money. Man, you know, me and Mirdo had a good conversation, man. Can't wait to get that one out. Uh, 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 of course, you came up in the conversation. But, uh, yeah, we had a good, uh, man, we, we spoke a lot about O-Line. And, uh, yeah, look forward to getting uh, a shout-out to John Mirdo, my brother John Mirdo. But yeah, we talked about being a GA man, and uh, but yeah, that's what prepared us, man. That's what prepared me for that, and I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure Smoke and Vlad would say the same thing, man. Yeah, and Cole, yeah, brother, yeah, man. But uh, but yeah, brother, man. Uh, uh, like I said, man, I'm I'm gonna keep up with you. We are gonna uh stay in contact as uh like I promised, man, and uh. Um, I, I just be, been having some ideas, man, and uh, you know, about uh, get togethers, man. And if you can make it, that'll be so dope, man. And if we got to come to you, come to you, shit. What is there to do out there around your way? Uh, depends what time of year, man. We just got we just got snow last night, <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, most of the time it's gotta be summertime. You like the boat? <laughs> you hey, like that... to go on boats, man. There's a shit ton of water. So Hey, that's see this is what I'm saying. That sounds to me, that sounds dope as hell. 
And I know a whole <laughs> lot of guys, man. I'm telling you. So it's content. Hey, see? Don't that sound like football player stuff right there? <laughs> that sound like football player activity to me. Shoot. Yeah. And what's the name of your town again? Uh, Traverse City, Michigan. Traverse City. Yeah. <laughs> Travis City, Michigan. Okay, yeah, yeah. We, uh, you think I'm playing? Dude? I'm about to see. I know y'all gotta have some bomb ass trails and uh, outdoor experiences like you just described, which is uh, you know you're here to uh, um, sleeping bear sand dunes. Have not heard of them. Yeah, there's some big ass sand dunes, man. It's nothing uh-huh. really that nothing really that uh big of a deal but them they're big as shit (laughs) 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 yeah i'm I'm looking at oh hell yeah y'all got all kind of bomb ass trails shoot let me go to moderating hard let me see they got some I want to see. Do y'all got any elevation out there? Any significant? Oh, y- y'all flat. Oh yeah, there's a little bit. A little bit. Like what you call elevation? Right. Oh no, I'm I'm already hooked, brother. I see everything I need to see. This is me all day. This is your boy all day, bro. It's a sleeping deer dunes national land shore. I see what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Glen Arbor. Yep, I see some I see some some trails that I would absolutely want to go check out. Yes, this is yeah, dude. I I, I Mirdo been talking to you no, know, I I talked Mirdo and and getting a hiking. I talked my boy Nate Bliss into doing some hiking. Corey Oak say he about to him and uh, Horace are gonna get up on on some hiking in the Pittsburgh area, man. So uh, um, just getting them some new experiences and also you know. Keep that cardio up, man. Are you able to do anything to, to maintain any kind of like physically? Or are you able to do any kind of exercise or anything? Um, not, not really. I try to keep up a little bit with my upper body. It doesn't work out too great sometimes, mm. but I do what I can, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, my brother. I mean, that's pretty much it on my end. This has been this has been fun, and I think it's gonna you know be a good addition to uh, you know what we already have, man. Just got to figure out the right place to inject it. But um, we got some good material, and I think guys gonna be you know gonna be you know happy to hear from you, and um, I'm, I'm and I know it's gonna encourage them to reach out to you, you know, and. Um, yeah uh, um again i appreciate you brother love you man and uh that we will be staying in contact all right man likewise mo i appreciate the uh chance to follow back up man oh for sure man for sure this is fun yeah all right man. All have right, a good man. one yes sir we'll be in touch for sure brother all right man all right be easy yep